You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Today is a good day, and you're in for a treat, because here comes the second part of the interview with Vincent Johnson, the man behind the music of the podcast. Enjoy. I, I knew I, was, I wasn't stupid. I wasn't. I was. I knew I was a smart young man, but I just didn't know how to study and apply myself. And so um, I applied to Berkeley my very first year. They said, "You know what? You got a lot of talent, but your GPA graduating out of high school. We just we're sorry. You know, we're we're one of the top schools in in the in the world. And so you're going to have to uh, work your buns off, man. And and uh, go to a, a community college or to to a, another university and then apply again. Well, I did that. I did that. And my first year at, at Metropolitan State uh, College, uh, now university, um, I got a, a 4.0. And, wow. and yeah, it was for me, that was a very big deal because I'd never got anything above a 2.5, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so that was my first year really learning. I think it's important for young people and anyone to learn how they learn. And that was when I was able to determine, oh, I understand I'm a, you know, I'm a visual learner um, and I'm, I'm an audible learner as well. And so I applied to Berkeley again, got accepted. Not only did I get accepted, but I got a scholarship. Wow. So then wow. I, I went to Berkeley and um, uh, college music. I went there for two and a half years, and then I got an opportunity, as do most musicians that go to some of the top schools. Um, a lot of them don't actually, people don't know this, but a lot of them don't actually finish. Um, a lot of them go to the top schools, and then they are, they generally get offers in the industry and have to work. <laughs> wow. And so they find themselves on tour, uh, which is what I did. Um, I got an offer uh, to come back to um, Minneapolis. Uh, and I, I was able to stay with a family that at the time they were, you know, the music's family still are in the music, top music family in Minneapolis, uh, the Peterson family. And they adopted me It's um, the layer Peterson family. They adopted me as, as the uh, African-American uh, 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 Latin, uh, you know, Italian kid coming in. They called me Vinny, 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 bada boom, bada bang. And so I stayed <laughs> with them uh, for a year and um, Linda Peterson, uh, which we all call her mom. Ma, she just really taught me how to get a gig, how to keep a gig. Uh, her son at the time was, he was playing uh, saxophone for Prince. So I had an opportunity to go to rehearse and and rehearse with the New Power Generation and some of the guys from the time. And I mean, I really meant conditions. So I was really able to kind of cut my teeth uh, there in Minneapolis and learn a lot from the the, uh, the Peterson family, which they're just an absolute, absolute phenomenal musical family, brothers and sisters. All of them are, are, are very uh, um, influential in the music industry and, and some of the most amazing musicians that you would ever uh, could ever meet. And then from there, um, 
I spent a year or so there and then came back to uh, Denver, Colorado and got another scholarship to Denver University for jazz composition. Wow. And that was fun, um, hard, really hard work. Um, because my background wasn't in reading <coughs> music. My background was just in playing. So I had to kind of, you know, when I went to college, I really had to play catch up with okay. sight reading and reading music and chords and understanding arrangements. But I did it. I did the hard work. Um, I've always said I've had to work twice as hard just to get oh, yeah. And uh, God was with me. He was with me through that through that time. And then after that, um, uh, I during that particular time, I had gotten an offer to I got signed to MTV Records uh, um, under a gentleman Danny Seraphin, and he had his uh, subsidiary la label here in Colorado. And the group was called Lyric. Lyric, and the first CD we did was called Chocolate Soup. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was very different music. It was it was kind of an eclectic, acoustic R and B soul with a rock edge. Is it kind of like Weather Report? Would you describe it like that? Well, no, I would probably I probably would say it was more uh, like um, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Okay, uh, you know, meets uh, Lenny Kravitz. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was different and we hit the charts and, uh, you know, um, we went into charts at, at the 135th spot and topped out at the 11th spot in about uh, six weeks, I think it was. And uh, we were very fortunate. We went on tour and I had a publishing deal and I was a songwriter for uh, MTV for uh, three and a half years, a total of seven years uh, with my entire contract with, with MTV. And uh, it was it was good. It was very good, very good. It was fun, a lot of fun. So along the way, you had to enhance your gift. It seems like you said you you study twice as hard. Yeah. Uh, what else did you do to enhance your gift? Because you know a lot of people think, oh, you're just giving your gift and you don't have to do nothing, and it's just natural. No, you have to work at it. That's what I want to hear audience to hear. Yeah. So what did you have to do? besides study twice as hard or what are you doing ongoing to enhance your gift? Um, I am, am a student of life and meaning that everything I do, my foundation is, is spiritual. So everything I do, I look through the perspective of the Holy spirit and how the Holy spirit is speaking to me. Okay. Um, so as a producer, we'll start there. Um, my dream has always been to be a producer, which I was very fortunate to, to, to do that. Uh, sometimes you, your life may take a, a little different detour as a musician, as a touring musician, a singer songwriter and an artist, I was able to, to do those things at a young age. Um, but knowing that I wanted to produce uh, was a love of mine. And a producer is kind of like a barber <laughs> or a, a bartender, right? You're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing psychology, you know, if there's, there, you know, and so <laughs> I, I frequently found myself in studios with um, very talented musicians that 
didn't know how to unearth their gift. Wow. Okay. And so my gift is unearthing others' gifts. Awesome. And kind of dusting them off. And if they're a diamond in the rough, I have a philosophy when it comes to producing and producing music and producing uh, individuals. And my philosophy is uh, to not harm. So there are some of an old school philosophy, maybe like you know Ike Turner, where they yeah. feel like they have to strip the artist completely down to get them to be what they want them to be. And I don't believe in that philosophy. Um, I've been through that and it didn't work for me. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. Um, right. So what I, what I found that God has given me uh, a gift towards and to do and is, is to uh, find the sparkle in an artist. Awesome. And shine a light on that sparkle. Mm -hmm. And inevitably what happens is the areas that are uh, deficient get better. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the movie Moneyball, right? You put a team together and you don't want everybody to be, you know, uh, a first, the best first best baseman and the best hitter. You don't want all those people to be all those things. You just need that one person to do that one job. And wow. be really good at that one job. And mm -hmm. then you put your team together. That's the same philosophy I have as, as putting a band together. I do the same, have the, I have the same approach when it comes to developing and designing music for artists. So it's just, it's kind of like anything that you, you, you want to be a, a master of your trade, not a master of all. Right, because right. a master of all is a two-headed beast. Right. <laughs> he just doesn't. I mean, Bo knows. Remember Bo? He knew football and baseball. That's, that's right, right, right. What happened to Bo? Right. But anyway, um, it's it's just to specialize. Like when I go and get knee replacement, I go to the doctor who. That's all he does all day. Right. Knee replacement. That's right. You know? right. I don't want an orthopedic surgeon that does hand surgery, even though <laughs> exactly. qualified. Right. So I can understand what you're what you're saying in terms of you kind of put it together. I kind of like Johnny Carkin, Cochran was. Mm -hmm. He was right. kind of like the dream team architect, you know, right. and he put them all together and he had them all working right. their area of expertise. That's right. You know, that that that's an interesting. Whenever you work with a group, um, you want to work on people's uh strengths. Right. Not their weakness. You want to modify their right. strengths because right. in that area, that's where you're going to get the best. And I can I can see that philosophy. I believe in that too. Well, yeah, it's and a, it, it, it it encourages them even in their deficits, right? Because right. They, they're doing something that they love. They're doing something that they're right. good at. And in in the area where they may have a deficit, they look at that and go, you know what? I can do this. That's right. I can do that's this. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, um, it seems like you've been blessed enough to fall into the area that God put you here on this earth. You know, I just amazed at people who spend their whole life like, have you ever had a doctor that you you knew that he hate being a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't scare me. Those doctors scare me. <laughs> 
Like you, you are. You don't usually too long with me. <laughs> that's a lot of schooling to hate what you do. That's right. I mean, that's right. I mean it's just like I just I'm I'm probably immature because I have to do something that I really enjoy doing. Like when you go to work, you look up and it's like five hours later. You're like, wow. <laughs> right. As opposed to tick tick forward five ticks back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when you hate your job. Right. When it I was over. I wanted to ask you about your process because um, the audience, I don't know if they know, he, um, Vince wrote the song um, Prisoners of Hope that is the intro and the outro for this podcast. And it's just, I think it's just amazing. I'm waiting for him to finish the whole song. (laughs) (laughs) If you work with creative people, you got to know, you can't push up. It's just the way it is. So I'm just sitting waiting. (laughs) But could you tell me what process that you went through when you wrote the song, Prisoners of Hope? Yeah, you know, um, it was very interesting because... (laughs) Uh, inspiration comes in a myriad of different ways. So inspiration for me for this particular song, uh, Prisoners of Hope, um, you had told me the story behind Prisoners of Hope and and what it meant to you. And so I carried that with me. And at at the time we were we were talking about, you know, doing doing a, a theme song for the show for the podcast. And so as you walk your walking your wake life, your the inspiration, I here's here's my philosophy behind inspiration. I believe if you have faith for inspiration and step forward with your heart and your mind in sync, God will put the necessary variables in front of you as you're stepping. So it's a faith walk. You have to work forward and then he puts it there. But you can't sit and go, well, God, just inspire me, inspire me. No, you have to step forward. And that, and for me, stepping forward was being a very aware, awareness. So um, uh, one morning, you know, I'm going out to breakfast and uh, there's this uh, young lady, her name is uh, Nina, and she is just bubbly, bouncing all over the place and just as friendly as she can be, uh, taking my order and just brings life to her her coworkers. Awesome. And you can tell that. And I've, I've, I watched her a couple of times. I thought that's, she's just, she's just got her. She's cool, you know. She's really cool, like, like, like. And so I said, okay, all right. And then um, uh, one morning, I, I said, well, I, she's taking my order. I said, well, I gotta hurry because I've got a, a session at home, and I've, I've got to get, I've got to get home uh, to 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 work on a session. I've got a, a client coming. She goes, oh, she goes, wow, I'm a musician. I said, oh, really? And she goes, yeah, I'm, I'm a singer. Now, in the spirit, God knew this. And in my spirit, I knew there was something special about this individual. Awareness is, is a lot of times the key and sensitivity is the key of um, stepping forward in faith into what it is that your passion is. So here she goes and she says, well, here, I'm going to leave my phone with you and I'll let you listen to this and you can tell me what you think. 
She walks away. She leaves her phone with me. She comes back about three or four minutes later, and there's tears rolling down my face. Wow. Wow. And I looked up at her, and I said, you're not a singer. I said, you are the singer. And she smiles. She goes, you know, I've been told that before, where there's this little bubbly, humble personality. (laughs) And I said, huh, okay, Lord. What are you trying to tell me? He goes, I need for you to use her. She, You told me to bring a singer to you. And I, I have been praying, Lord, bring a singer. I need, I, need, I need a female singer. Just bring a singer. Well, there was something that stood out about this individual. So I said, hey, you know what? Uh, if you got some time in the next couple of days, maybe you can come through the studio and, you know, and I have you sing on some stuff and we can see what we can do. She goes, okay, cool, great. La, da, 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 you know, <laughs> and um, and we and we connected, and before she came, uh, Prisoners of Hope had been kind of coming out of me musically, you know what the sound sounds like, uh, putting it in a, a, a harmonic frequency that is about healing, which is a four thirty two putting it at a frequency that's going to heal people because what you're doing, Deborah, is uh, about healing. Yes. Yes. Quintessentially, that's what you're doing. And so this is a more of a faith walk, right? And you step forward and you step forward and you pick up the phone and you say, hey, Vince, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And I say, okay, let me, you know, get my mind, my heart synced together and I'm stepping forward and musically I'm already kind of marinating what I was feeling in the spirit in the spirit realm for this. And this individual comes into my path because I'm stepping forward. And I well this is the end of the second part of the man behind the music. Hopefully this will warm your heart and and get you to moving forward on your God given purpose. But until next time, God bless you. Signing off, Dr. D. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.